Hey, I just wanted to remind you that our next challenge is beginning very, very soon. And in that challenge, if you're looking to monetize your podcast and you want to know exactly where to get started and how to build an offer that is going to be exactly what your audience needs, then you need to join the Podcast Profit Challenge. You can go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, and it's absolutely free. So if your podcast is earning exactly nothing every month, I want you to imagine how different your life could be if in just six weeks from now, you could have made $10,000 from your podcast. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to tell you exactly how a client I was working with did it. We'll talk about that right after this. So the real question is this. How can podcasters like us who've done the work, built a following, and actually made a difference monetize our podcast without selling out to sponsors who don't really value our community anyway? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. Hi there. Welcome to Podcast Monetization Secrets. My name is Christy Hostler, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join me today. I am extremely focused on podcast monetization right now. And because you're here and because you're listening, I know it's important to you as well. And I don't take that lightly. In case you haven't met me yet, I am the owner and the founder of Team Podcast. I've been podcasting since 2012. I started Team Podcast, which is a full-service podcast production company in 2014. And I've now made more than a million dollars from my podcast. So if I can do it, you can do it. We've just got to re-engineer some things and sort of bust some of the myths that you've been told as you started out podcasting as well. So Today, I'm going to give you a case study. Now, many, many, many podcasters want to monetize and they don't know exactly how to do it. Some of them have this crazy idea in the back of their head that they want to develop a course. And I say crazy idea in the back of their head very sarcastically because it's not a crazy idea. If you have an expertise or a skill set that someone else can learn and benefit from, then you should definitely be showing your podcast audience how to do that. Okay, I'm giving you permission right now to create your course and to sell it to your podcast audience. But today's case study is about a client that I've been working with for a little while now. She came to me initially for a podcast audit. So in the course of doing the podcast audit with this client, I discovered that she had a course that she was working on that was exactly a companion to her podcast, but it's a course that she had not quite finished yet. And so she was kind of wondering how to go about selling it, how to go about putting it out there, what should she do? So if you have a podcast that is closely related to what your course is going to be about, this is a case study that you can sort of implement. So we looked at the first thing we did is we looked at all the things that this person was doing right. 
Let me tell you what some of those things were. She had named her podcast right. She had named it exactly what people who are looking to take her course would be calling it, would be looking for. And she was doing a course based on a national certification. So her podcast is about that national certification. And so she had started the podcast. She had been consistent. She named it right. She had started the podcast named correctly. She'd been consistent in her publishing she began attracting the audience of her ideal customers. Like she was getting way more downloads than a lot of new podcasts get. And part of the reason was because she had named it so correctly and she was putting it out there and the people that were interested in it were people that would be also interested in taking the certification and they need the course to prep for that. So she had a lot of things going for her. She was doing daily quizzes online to help engage her audience on social media, help get them used to her daily questions that would be questions from the certification content that she could put out there. So with this being said, she had a lot going on that was doing very, very well. She had begun building her email list. Now, I'm not saying she had thousands of people on her email list, but hundreds of people on her email list. So things were going very, very well. But you know, as well as I do, that things can go very well in podcasting with all of the technical pieces and podcasters still walk away because they're not monetized and they're not making any money. So within six weeks of us having a podcast audit, this particular client had earned more than $10,000. Pretty impressive, right? Zero to 10000 in just over a month, six weeks to be exact. Now, let me say this. This client is someone I love to work with, and the main reason is because she's an action taker. So I laid out the steps and told her what to do and what was possible, and she's the one that actually accomplished this. She's the one that took the steps, stared her fear in the face, got over her own insecurities, and actually did it and made it happen. Okay, I love working with people like that that are action takers. I find that the more I draw that line in the sand with I only want to work with action takers, the more that intention carries through to the way I communicate and the way I market and the way I attract people. And so I'm attracting more action takers now, less tire kickers, more action takers. And if you are wanting to have an impact in your business, like that's what you want, right? You want the people who are willing to do the work and you say, here, do this, and they come back and do it, not they come back and have excuses, right? So it was a dream to work with someone like this. Now, let's talk about, I've given you some of the things she was doing right. Let's talk about what she actually did to go from zero to $10,000 because it is a framework that you can borrow. Now, at the point in time that I talked to this person, she already knew what her first course was going to be about. She also had ideas for follow-up courses in, in tangential topics that she could put out. So she had multiple courses that she was kind of bubbling around the back of her head and that she felt like if one was successful, then she would do the next one and the next one, the next one. And before she knew it, she was hoping to have a, a portfolio 
of courses that help with this particular niche and the national certification exams that they are required to take. So this particular client on this first leadoff course that they were doing was already 30 days behind in putting it out to her audience. She had hopefully wanted to to launch it a month prior to even talking to me. But there were some technical hurdles she had to get over and some just the the learning curve of never having done this before and dealing with a, you know, a, a platform that is, you know, host your courses and all of those things, it takes longer than sometimes you think because you have to build in your learning curve and even you know, even things that seem simple, like when you talk through them, when you actually do them, there's more steps involved. So in other words, we could say, oh, yeah, it's time for you to record your content, time for you to record your course and your training. But you all know that you don't just sit down at the computer and just start riffing on the training that you want to to teach to people. You actually have to sit down and plan out your modules and make sure they're in logical sequence and make sure that you're covering all the things that apply because you can't just go back later in the course and be like, oh yeah, when we were talking about module two, I forgot to mention X, Y, or Z, right? You have to have it all laid out and scripted ahead of time. So all of this takes time and it's stuff really that only you as a course creator can do. So she had been about 30 days behind her schedule, and she also felt like she was about 30 days from launching, or she could hopefully realistically plan on launching her course within 30 days from the time I talked to her. When I dug deeper, found out that her course total, the number of modules was going to be about 15. And when I ask her how far along in the course completion that she had, the course modules that she had already completed, she said she had about seven done. So she was just shy of 50% being done. She had already, which is, I think this is fantastic. She had already been teasing to her audience that course was coming and that she would be announcing it soon. She had already been telling people that. So the only thing she could have done differently on that aspect of it, and this like this would sort of be the first piece of your framework, would be that as she began teasing it and putting it out into her podcast and actually saying, I've got a course coming, it will be released soon, is that she could have had a landing page already set up that would let people opt in to be on the waiting list for her course. And you know what? She could have even incentivized that with if you sign up for the waiting list now, you get the early bird pricing or something to that effect. You get beta pricing if you sign up for the beta, whatever it is. You can you can make a special thing for people that are sort of raising their hand and saying, yes, I want this before it even launches. Like those are your early adopters. Reward them. But she didn't do that last waiting list piece of it. She just started announcing it. 
which is better than nothing, right? It's better to begin announcing. It's better to begin to talk about it, socialize it, and put it out there so at least people know what she's got coming down the pipeline than not. But she could have gone a step further and said, here's the URL for you to go and sign up and get early bird pricing, get on the waiting list. So when it comes out, you'll be the first to notified and you get the best pricing that we'll ever have for this, right? So in our conversation, we're talking about timeframes when she thought she could be finished with the course. She felt like 30 days-ish would be the timeframe she could finish. So I basically introduced her to this concept of a course presale. Now, many times in marketing, we do a presale of courses. We do a presale of sometimes it's even programs where you sell it first, and then the people that you sell it to, you actually put them through the program live many times and record it. And then that becomes your next recorded course that you're not doing live, right? It becomes your next thing. But at this point, she had already announced what she was intending on doing. And my thought was, she's got people out there. We don't want them to wait and hang on for 30 days before we can pull the trigger on anything. Let's do a pre-sale. She'd already told them what the pricing was going to be. And we said that will be her pre-sale pricing. Okay, she'd intended it to be the course pricing, but we're like, no, let's make that the pre-sale pricing. So she started and for four weeks, she began pre-selling. And the idea of the pre-sale was to get people in, get them paying for the course. And then she begins, she's remember, she had seven of the 15 modules done. And then she begins dripping out the content to the people that are buying the course. So it's not like they have to wait till the course is complete to start it. She could begin dripping it out one module a week to those people, right? So she started, she took my advice and took my recommendation and said, okay, I'm going to start a pre-sale. So she opened up the pre-sale and we set a crazy audacious goal. We said, let's just think about what, like in your wildest dreams, how many people do you think you can sell this course to? And she threw out a number and it was a fairly low number. And especially for her and her small but growing audience, she felt like she could get, you know, probably maybe maybe 10 or 15 people to buy her course, which would have been, you know, a decent chunk of money coming in. But the whole point of a presale in a lot of ways is for you to have the cash flow up front so that you can then potentially hire out an assistant or admin or whatever it needs to happen in your business, whatever task you can offload to someone else so that you can then focus on content creation. Many times for podcasters, the first thing they need to outsource is the editing and all the things that go along with their podcast because they're so busy doing that stuff that they can't actually create the paid content. And that's when you have the tail wagging the dog and we don't want that happening, right? So one of the things that she did is set her goal. And we said, if you think you can sell 10 or 15, let's make a stretch goal of selling 25 in your pre-sale. And we did the math on it. It was going to be 6,000 and something dollars. I'm like, what would be different about your life today if you knew you had $6,000 more coming in this month. And she was like, I can't even, like, I can't even put words around it. Like, it would, 
it would literally be life-changing. I'm like, let's set out to do it. So she began. She began promoting it. She had channels like her email. She had channels like her social media. And she had the channel of her podcast. And she began opening her doors for business with a pre-sale. People knew they were getting it, a course that wasn't quite complete yet, that it was in pre-sale form. They were going to begin getting it dripped out to them. They were also getting this pre-sale price. Because when the pre-sale was over, I talked her into raising her prices because her prices, as most of ours are when we start out, are a little bit undervalued for what what all we're offering. We tend to have some, let's just say some hesitation about commanding top dollar. Not that she's not that she's at a premium price point yet, but she's, you know, she was she was below where all the competitors were for what she was giving. And so we're raising the price after the pre-sale to accommodate for the fact that she is giving people lifetime access to her course. And most of the other people in her niche only give people like 12 month access to her course. So she took off promoting, began talking about it, began putting it out there, began telling her list about it, began marketing it. And the sales started coming in and they started coming in and she Every few days, she'd email me and say, I'm up to this many now. Wow, I can't believe this. This is amazing. And this went on for four weeks for her pre-sale. Now, one of the cool things about having a pre-sale price for something and then a price increase for something is that you can use that price increase to go ahead and push people that were thinking about buying your course over the edge so that they can go ahead and get it now. Even if they're not quite ready to take it yet, they can get it knowing they have lifetime access to it. And then it's there for the future whenever they are ready, but they got the deal before the price went up. So she was able to leverage that and get you know, a bunch more sales right in the last day or two before her pre-sale closed. Whenever the pre-sale closed, her goal was 25 sales. She had actually sold 38. And after her pre-sale closed and on her higher price point in the next week or so after that, she sold three or four more. So this spurned her to go ahead and create a supplement that was some practice tests and things like that that she could put together. She already had the curriculum. She already knew what she was doing. So she just put together a practice test guide and it had several different practice tests in it. She sold those as a $25 bundle that she could sell as an upsell to her course. And immediately she began selling those. She's now working on course number two. And six weeks after her pre-sale, her sales are sitting at more than $10,000. And honestly, she hasn't even started her evergreen marketing of these yet. She's put zero money into paid traffic yet. It's all been organic through her channels, her email list, her social media, and her podcast. But she sold more than $10,000 of courses in a six-week period. Now, if that doesn't motivate you to think, I've just got to get my stuff out there. Now, she wasn't the first person to do this in her niche. She had competitors out there. 
So some of the things she had going for her to her advantage that other competitors didn't is that she had worked in the niche for more than 40 years. And toward the end of her career, she also began teaching in her niche. So she is a teacher. What really comes through to her students is that she wants them to succeed. And she started very quickly after she started selling her course, getting people following up with her and saying, I just took the exam and I passed it. And your advice was what helped me get through and be able to do it. So she started getting testimonials immediately now that she can use to sell the course at the regular price. So the thing that you can take from this is don't be discouraged. You're not going to find a niche that is completely untapped yet. There are probably already competitors in your market. What you can do is be you better than they can. She also looked at what those competitors were offering and made her offer better. Like I said, lifetime access versus 12-month access. She also included some bonus things that other people weren't including. She was also supplementing her course content with a podcast, and her competitors weren't doing that, right? So there's so many things that she was doing right, and you can do them too. So don't be afraid, number one, to go into a place that already has some competition there. I'm not saying you want to be in the middle of a red ocean, but I'm just saying don't let the fact that, oh, somebody's already got a course out there. Nobody will get mine. Nobody will want to buy mine because somebody else already has a course. No, people buy from you because they know, like, and trust you. They buy because they like the style of your teaching. They like the way you break things down. They like the way you give them tips. They like the way you guide them through the content. And so once you do that, you begin establishing your following. And when you establish your following and your people that are sort of like your fans, then it's the perfect time to go ahead and give them that pathway to work with you even further and to consume your content even further at a cost. And that is exactly what she did. The second thing we did is we gave ourselves ample time. Like she didn't start the pre-sale with nothing recorded. She had seven of the 15 modules recorded before she even pre-sold it. But she gave herself a definitive time frame, 30 days to pre-sell it. She gave herself a stretch goal And she blew the stretch goal out of the water. And she began just marketing, 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 marketing this course. And but like I say, it was all organic. So she hasn't even turned on ads to it. Now that she's created this, this is like an evergreen thing that she could set up Facebook or LinkedIn or Google ads for and spend five or $10 a day. And now it will constantly bring her cold traffic that will do two things. Number one, they will buy her course and that will make her immediate cash. But number two, when they buy her course, what happens? They're now on her email list. So when the next course comes or when there's something else she's doing that's coming, maybe she's going to establish a study group that's like a paid service that she can provide or a paid group that she can provide that will also add to her revenue. You don't know. But now she's got more people and a bigger pool to draw from. So nothing is like so outlandish that you can't follow it. 
she was already on the path. We just put some jet fuel on it and proved to herself. Now, I'll be honest with you. She had some concerns when we started talking about a pre-sale. And her concern was, you know, are they going to really wait till I get my course done? We're like, no, you start dripping out your course now. Well, what if I can't get it done? What if I can't get it done in the next 30 days? Whatever. Well, that's why you take some of the money you're making from revenue and you put it into getting whatever help you need. Whatever help that is you need, whether it's help for your podcast, outsource that, get that off your plate. Whether it's help building your course, whether it's help building your funnel, whether it's help, you know, on your social media, if you're using that to engage people. Whatever it is, use that money you just made to put back into the infrastructure so that then you can create more and then you can have more revenue coming in. And then you can hire anyone else that you need to help fulfill these things, right? But this is a pathway for her to go from zero to more than $10,000. She overcame her fear of the presale, her fear of not being able to follow through, she had her goal out there and she knew she had to hit it. Once the pre-sale was up, she also raised her price. And to be honest, she's going to need to do some incremental price increases along the way over the next six months to a year because she needs to get up to where her pricing is as premium as the offering. And she'll get there. She absolutely will. But the thing for you to take away is... Don't feel like, number one, that you have to have something completed and a completed body of work before you sell it. Use a pre-sale. Many people even use the pre-sale to get feedback from people about what they need to see in the course in order to make it effective. It's okay. Use your audience in that way. Use your audience to tell you what they need you to show them how to do. That's the best way to do it. Ask them what they need and then give it to them. So this is a framework that you can follow. Begin creating when you get a quarter or a halfway through the course creation. You've already got your podcast out there. You're already talking about it. You're already getting people to sign up for the waiting list or the beta pricing or the early bird pricing, whatever you're calling it. Get them to do the extra step of signing up for your waiting list so that they can lock that in. Now they're on your email list. And then don't be afraid to end the pre-sale. Use that urgency of the prices going up tomorrow at midnight to go ahead and get more sales to fall through in the last few days of your pre-sale. Then raise your price and continue and set up evergreen marketing for it. So these are the kind of things that you can do and you can take and you can borrow. And again, this is not an expensive course. This course was $249 when she started out selling it in her pre-sale. After her pre-sale, the price went up to $299, right? Most of you that are experts in your subject matter have a $297 course in front of you that you could easily pull together. Or you could use your team to help pull together and you could begin selling it. It's amazing when you can do this, when she actually has this course being sold actively through Evergreen Marketing Campaigns, and then she has her new course being sold through Evergreen Marketing Campaigns, and then she adds a third one, and a fourth one, and a fifth one, and she begins adding the suite of 
courses and then she can bundle them. She's got upsells that she can do with supplemental training materials and supplemental worksheets, supplemental practice tests, and all of these things. She's essentially building herself a revenue generating machine, and she's using her podcast as her largest traffic source for it. And this is someone who had no online following. And if somebody's been doing something for 40 years, you also know that that's not someone that was raised on technology. That was not someone that's raised with a smartphone in their hand, right? So if this person that I'm telling you about their story can do it with all of the impedances and the learning curve that they had, you can too. Get it together, outline your course, begin recording it, begin teasing it to your clients with a call to action to sign up for the waiting list for it. And then when you start getting those signups, you know what you can do with those people? You can begin emailing them specifically. You can begin giving them updates on your course to whet their appetite even more. So they'll share it even more. So they'll get their other people in the niche to want to also get in on it because it's fixing to launch. Then, you know what you can also do? You can begin asking them questions. Do you like it when we deliver content this way? Would you rather have a PDF or would you rather have a video explaining things? Right? You can get their buy-in. And once you have their buy-in, they're more likely to buy because they helped actually shape your course or your program. These are things that can be done. And I just wanted to share with you that essentially from March to May, whenever I was introduced to this person, they hired me to do their podcast audit, and then they joined my mastermind and we began working even further from there. I wanted you to hear the success that they had. Because I want you to understand that this is easily replicatable for many, many, many niches. For many, many experts, it's easily replicatable if you set up these things just like I've laid out. And if you do that, you will reap the rewards and you're not far away from having a $10,000 month. You can literally go from having a $0 month to having a $10,000 month in your business so that you can then pretty much begin making things evergreen, adding to it, and she'll probably go very quickly from $10,000 a month to $20,000 a month. And that will be more money each month than she's made in those 40 years of doing the actual career that she's now teaching about. And it'll also be more money that she makes doing the teaching that she's doing for a college or university right now. So she's on the precipice of changing the trajectory of her life. And whether it's because she wants the option of dropping her day job and only doing the courses and the things full time along with her podcast, or whether it's because she wants to create a huge nest egg for retirement, or whether it's because there are children that she feels like she wants to help out with college or a down payment on a house or something else. Like it doesn't matter what the financial goals are, she now has the means to achieve them and blow them out of the water. You're not far away 
from going from zero to $10,000 a month if you follow this type of a trajectory and you follow this framework and this pathway. You can do it. Anybody can. And this client would tell you that if she can do it, anybody can. And all she does is she learns and she does. And she learns some more and she does some more. And she gets the help where she needs and she implements the advice and she takes the action. And she might be taking imperfect action sometimes. She might be a little bit scared that her audience is going to reject her if she makes a mistake. She might be a little bit afraid that she doesn't actually know what she's doing when it comes to setting up some of these things. But you know what? She's doing it anyway. And her audience is beginning to feel the impact. And her bank account is beginning to see the impact. And she's beginning to see the potential of what could be through her podcast and through her online offerings. And what I want you to understand is that especially if you're still working your day job and you have this dream of monetizing your podcast, you have this dream of beginning to make more of your money online. That if you do the right things, you can explode it so much faster than you ever anticipated. And the thing is, when you get to a point where you're making $10,000 or $20,000 a month doing courses and doing the other things that you've, you've set up and the other things that you've created for your audience, you realize that you wasted a lot of years giving away way more of your time than your employer was actually paying you for the value you were creating. So don't delay. You might say, oh, but Christy, we've got a recession coming. <clears throat> you might say people aren't going to be spending money like that anymore. It's going to fix to stop. No, it's going to stop. Recession's coming. There are always people who are looking to up their skill set. And there's always people who are needing what you have out there in the world or what you could put out there in the world. And so recession or no recession, all it does is allow those that are truly value-based and that are truly making a difference to continue and to grow. And the people that are just here for fly-by-night, easy money, easy opportunity, preying on people, they'll be gone because it'll get too hard for them. Their shtick won't last through the tough times. So my exhortation to you today is, is don't wait. Go ahead and start pulling triggers now. Don't let this summer pass you by where you get virtually nothing done. And then all of a sudden, we're sitting here at the end of 2022 and you're like, crap, I was going to monetize this year and I haven't. And then all of a sudden you give yourself a break through fourth quarter of 2022 and say, I'll just do it in 2023. Don't do that. Don't let yourself off the hook. If you do, you will regret it. Take the time now. Make this summer something that is going to help you position yourself for third and fourth quarter whenever many times business picks up, whenever people are looking to accomplish their goals before the end of the year, whenever people are looking to make moves now before waiting for next year, right? These are the things you need to capitalize on. So do it now. Can you go from zero to $10,000 in six weeks? Absolutely, you can, if you're willing to put in the work and do the steps. 
So if this is helpful to you, I hope that you will join me on the podcast monetization challenge. It starts just very, very soon. We're on the precipice of launching that. It's, uh, I think, July 11th is when the next one starts. We're talking all things monetization. We're figuring out what your next steps are and laying out your path so that you can go ahead and get everything in motion. If you want to join the challenge, go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. That is teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. And I can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to monetize your podcast, I want to invite you to join our private Facebook group. Oh, no, no, no. We're not advertising for Facebook anymore because we're pulling all of our communities off of Facebook. So if you want to come join the real community of people who are looking to monetize their podcast, podcastsuccesshub.com. Go to podcastsuccesshub.com and I'll see you there because I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys have an awesome one. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you about the challenge. It's starting very soon. Please make sure you don't miss a challenge because this is the time when you can really learn how to craft a high value offer for your audience that they will honestly feel stupid saying no to. So join me for the podcast profit challenge. It's coming up very, very soon. You can find out all the details for it. It's free to join. You have no excuse not to join. And even if you say, well, Christy, I can't make it on the certain time of day, whenever the um, challenge is, we have recordings of them and you can listen to every single one of them, even if it's not where you can join us live. So teampodcast.com forward slash challenge, go to teampodcast.com forward slash challenge. And I can't wait to see you there.